Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Albuquerque, New Mexico with my new friend Ashley Biggers, the author of Seco Albuquerque and 100 Things to Do in Albuquerque Before You Die. Ashley was born and raised in Albuquerque and returned here after graduating from college. She loves the food, art, and access to the outdoors. In this episode, we talk about the International Hot Air Balloon Fiesta, Historic Pueblos, and the Sandia Peak Tramway. You've got these three great stories and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Albuquerque. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Albuquerque, New Mexico. And growing up as a kid, all I remember was the Bugs Bugging cartoon, Make a Left at Albuquerque. <laughs> yes, that is one of the ways that people know us best. The other one is Breaking Bad, which we definitely have a love-hate relationship with, but there's certainly more to Albuquerque than either of those shows. I watched that show, actually binged it on Netflix, and all I remember is how beautiful the skies were. They are spectacular. That's Albuquerque at its best in that show. Fantastic. Yeah, except for the whole meth thing, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, there's that. But we have <laughs> to say that many people travel to Albuquerque because of Breaking Bad, and we very much appreciate them visiting our city. We just want to make sure everybody knows there's more to it than its meth associations on that show. So today we'll talk about all the things that are in your book, A Secret Albuquerque. You know, you are one of the, the foremost experts on Albuquerque. And you know, all the different tips you have to share. So what's your connection to the city? So I am actually a native Albuquerquean. I was born and raised in Albuquerque and lived a couple other places during college and graduate school, but have been back in the city for quite some time now. So I have a very close connection to the city at, at all points in my life. Fantastic. So what's like the big thing that keeps you there? I have to say it's a combination of a lot of things. Of course, family being one of them. The weather is superb. We have four seasons, but all of them are fairly mild. So it's usually beautiful here. We also have a wonderful local food scene and we have dynamic arts and really easy access to the outdoors. So many Albuquerqueans will be hiking in the mountains or along taking a stroll along the river before or after work every day. And so that's a great benefit of living in Albuquerque. Yeah, you got to love those outdoors like that. If you had to describe uh, the city or the people in just one or two words, how would you do that? The word that I picked was scrappy because I think a lot of Albuquerqueans are very hardworking people. Many of us have multiple talents. I know many people who have, have day jobs and then are artists by night or in a local theater troupe. So we're just very hardworking people who just make it happen no matter what. 
Uh, you got to respect that for sure. So, okay, you kind of touched on this a little bit. What's the weather like throughout the year? I mean, is there a certain time of year that's that we should like focus uh, as far as visiting? Uh, and then are there certain festivals that maybe, okay, when I'm planning my trip, uh, I go, oh, I, I got to make sure I, I go for this. Yeah, so Albuquerque is... In the desert, most people think we're much like Arizona, where we have saguaro cactuses um, out our back doors. That is not true. We're in the high desert. Albuquerque actually sits at more than 5,000 feet. So some people will arrive in Albuquerque for a winter visit in shorts and t-shirts and be very surprised by there being snow on the ground. So do keep in mind that we're a high desert. So we do have seasons here. And I think really the best times of year to visit are during September and October when we have kind of the most beautiful weather in the year. And it's also chili roasting season during that time. New Mexicans love our green and red chili and it's harvested during that time. So it's kind of like a state holiday when the chili harvest (laughs) comes in. And then Albuquerque also hosts the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta every year, which always occurs during the first week of October. And it's the largest gathering of hot air balloons in the world. And it's one of the city's signature events. So that's always a really special time to visit the Duke City. Oh, for sure. And I think that's one of those things that when people talk about Albuquerque, obviously we got Bugs Bunny, we got Breaking Bad. But I think one of the most iconic things about Albuquerque is just seeing the pictures with the those big hot air balloons filling the sky. All the pictures I've seen like that are just absolutely gorgeous. Yes, and we have more than 500 balloons that usually attend that event. So it's really spectacular. But there's actually balloons all year round flying in Albuquerque because we have such great weather. And actually, several of the top pilots in the sport also come from Albuquerque. And so Albuquerque pilots have set all sorts of records in the sport for longest flights or flights over the Pacific or the Atlantic. So we really have a strong connection to that sport here in Albuquerque. That's super cool. And I, and I know we're recording this in 2020 and we have coronavirus and things like that. And this year's Fiesta is actually canceled, but normally it happens every October, correct? Yes, this is the first year it's been canceled and it's more than 40 year history. So I'm not sure what us New Mexicans and Albuquerqueans are going to do with ourselves that week. Um, <laughs> we're all going to be missing the balloons greatly, but it should be back in future years better than ever. Okay. But I know a lot of people right now aren't necessarily flying far distances, but maybe they're doing some road trips and things like that. So if they do a road trip or maybe hop on a plane to come to Albuquerque, if they wanted to go out on a hot air balloon right now, is that possible? Absolutely. Um, I've seen balloons flying over the city myself. And, you know, ballooning is a great thing to do when you're social distancing because there's only you and the pilot on the balloon and you're outdoors and still being able to experience the beautiful scenery of our city. So it's a great thing to do even during this time of coronavirus. Fantastic. Well, let's take a step back. So if people are coming to Albuquerque, whether they're coming from Nashville like me or anywhere else across the country, there's just the one airport to fly into, correct? Yes. So the major airport for all of New Mexico is located in Albuquerque, the Albuquerque International Sunport. And so that will be the hub that you're likely flying in and out of. When we arrive there at, at the airport, if we're going to get into the city, do we take public transportation, rideshare? Do we rent a car? What's the best way to get around? So there is a fairly active bus system in Albuquerque, but really the best thing to do if you really want to experience the city is to rent a car 
or to rely on ride shares. Lyft and Uber both operate in Albuquerque because it is a very spread out city. And so if you're wanting to do a lot of the top attractions or even off the beaten path ones, you're going to need to be able to get across the city pretty fluidly. But luckily, you can get most places in the city within like 20 to 30 minutes. So even though you're having to drive a bit, it's not a long commute in most cases. Okay. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times people avoid renting a car, one, for the hassle and also two, for the cost. But like you said, if you're if you're constantly going from one area of town to the next for all the different attractions, uh, like ride shares can get expensive in a hurry if you're if you're taking five or six of them in a day. Same thing if you were waiting on public transportation, you may only get be able to hit half the things while you're waiting for the next bus. Yes, it can be an inconvenience. But once you get into certain neighborhoods, for example, the Old Town area of Albuquerque or Knob Hill, they're very walkable districts. So once you find that coveted parking spot, you can leave your car for several hours and go to shops and museums, attractions and restaurants, of course. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And like, so if we're running a car, then what's the parking situation like in, in the city? Parking is fairly ample, except for in a few areas, which does rely on street parking or paid public lots. But parking is fairly abundant. So we, we flew in, we got our car, we're, we're kind of checking everything out. What part of town should we plan on visiting or, or staying for our hotel? So Albuquerque is really spread out. So if there are things that you want to do that are very focused on the mountains and outdoors, you might want to stay in the Northeast Heights. However, for most of the city's attractions, you're going to want to be in either the downtown area or the old town area. And there are wonderful boutique hotels in old town. There's Hotel Albuquerque and Hotel Chaco downtown. There's Hotel Andalus which are all great places that have a lot of local character and would be good jumping off points to explore those areas. Okay. That sounds good. And, and most of those are boutiques. So they're not really affiliated with some of like the, uh, the more popular brands like Hyatt or Marriott or anything like that. Yes. In any of the cases where we do have sort of chain hotels, for example, Hotel Andalus actually just recently became part of the Curio collection by Hilton, but that particular hotel has a great, history because it was actually one of the first hotels that Conrad Hilton started. So Conrad Hilton is actually from a little town called San Antonio, New Mexico, and he started his hotel empire in Texas and New Mexico. And so for a large part of its history, Hotel Andalus was a Hilton hotel, and then it had a period where it was an independent entity and just recently became part of the Hilton brand again. So in many ways, it was a homecoming for that particular property. Well, that's really cool. I mean, I love it when things come like full circle like that. Exactly. And then another, a Hyatt property, um, there is a Hyatt Hotel downtown. And then there's also a resort a little bit outside of town called Hyatt Tamaya that's actually co-owned by one of our Native American Pueblos. And so while it's a Hyatt property, it's still very much infused with sort of New Mexican culture and traditions because of that co-ownership situation with the Pueblo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I... That's one thing that frustrates me sometimes when I travel is like these cookie cutter hotels that, you know, you can't tell if you're in LA or New Mexico or New York or Topeka, Kansas, you know, and it's like, give me some flavor. Give me a little bit of like uniqueness. Yeah. Some places I'm like, I've seen that piece of art again. I think I saw it in Topeka <laughs> and in LA and this other hotel. So there's definitely a lot of places here that still have the local character. 
Right on. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that we should do while we're there. You know, you wrote the book, Secret Albuquerque. So you know all the different weird, wonderful, and obscure things to do in in your city. And then my other book is 100 Things to Do in Albuquerque Before You Die. So that one kind of hits on the top attractions in the city. And then the Secret Albuquerque book kind of gets into my outtakes and the little off-the-beaten-path destination. So if you're here for the first time, definitely one of the places you want to explore is that Old Town neighborhood. Albuquerque was actually founded in or the current version of Albuquerque was founded in 1706 in the Old Town area. And so that particular neighborhood has centuries of history in the buildings and in the narrow alleyways and the beautiful adobes. And so that's a great area of the city to explore. And then we in Mexico have several cultures that influence kind of our day-to-day lives. And one of them is Native American culture here. And so exploring at the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center is another great activity. And that property is really unique because it's collectively owned by all the Pueblos in New Mexico. And it's an opportunity to really hear about Pueblo culture and Pueblo history from their perspective, which we don't often get when we go to other more mainstream museums. And you can also enjoy a Pueblo meal at the cafe there. And then to get kind of another aspect of Albuquerque's local culture, you can head over to the National Hispanic Cultural Center, which celebrates all Hispanic and Latin cultures under one roof. And it has a visual arts museum. And they also have, under most circumstances, a very extensive calendar of different theater and music and dance events. So you may not know that Albuquerque has one of the most vibrant flamenco scenes of anywhere outside of Spain. And so often there are flamenco dance performances happening at the National Hispanic Cultural Center or at one of the tablaos that we have here in the city. That's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to see them dance like that. I, all I know is if I tried doing some of those moves, I'd be falling all, all over my face. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I would be the same way. <laughs> it's such a dramatic and really emotive dance form. Of course, with the music and the singing and the dance all coming together, it's really spectacular. Uh, for sure. I, yeah, I admire the, that skill and that grace, and I have neither. So. <laughs> So let's talk about some of the other things to do. Uh, you know, obviously museums are great, yeah, but a lot of times when I'm traveling with my kids, uh, I can only go to maybe one museum <laughs> you know, during a trip because they get bored. They want to do something fun. They want to get out and about and do some other things. What are some of those things that maybe I can take my kids to see? So the Rio Grande River runs through right through the heart of Albuquerque. And so a great thing to do with kids or just anyone really is to go for a, a walk along the river through our cottonwood forests that grow along the riverside. And then of course we have the Sandia Mountains, which kind of frame another side of our city. And the Sandia Peak Tramway is an aerial tram that goes from the base of the mountains to the crest. And so you're going from about 5,000 feet to more than 10,000 feet. And so it's a spectacular ride up the mountainside. It only takes about 15 minutes. And then once you get to the peak of the mountain, you can enjoy a meal there, or you can just head out on the hiking trails and really kind of follow the crest trail either north or south for quite some distance and really enjoy the pine forests and beautiful trails that we have at the peak of the mountain. So that's definitely a quintessential experience to ride along the Sandia Peak Tram. 
Yeah, that sounds really cool. So because you are at that, that higher level of 5,000 feet already, when you get up to that 10,000 feet level, I mean, do you need to make sure even like during the summer or f- certainly in the fall and the winter that you need to bring like another layer, like an extra jacket, something like that, because the temperature changes so much getting up that high? Yes, I would definitely suggest taking a jacket up on the tram with you no matter what time of year you're going. It's also quite windy up there along the exposed mountaintop. So that makes it feel a little bit colder. And it is something to keep in mind because I love people to get into the outdoors. Hiking is one of my favorite things to do in the city. But you do have to keep that elevation in mind because if if you're coming from sea level and you're not accustomed to the 5,000 foot elevation and then you're trying to hike up into the mountains and gaining even more elevation, that can be really difficult, even if you're a very fit person at sea level. So that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, even in May, there will still be snow in the mountains. And so people will go for a hike wearing shorts and a t-shirt because it's nice in the city, but then they get up into the mountains and they're encountering snow. And so it's really important just to kind of think about those elevation differences and just be prepared. That's all that you have to do. That sounds really good. Yeah, those are great tips. So we got that. We got the tramway uh, and some hiking and things like that. Back down in the city, what are some of the other things that we should make sure we don't miss? So another great neighborhood to explore in Albuquerque is Knob Hill, which is one of the sort of independent shopping and dining districts in our city. So there's lots of quirky independent boutiques and funky stores that you can stroll along and browse and then lots of great local restaurants along that stretch as well and Albuquerque actually has the longest urban stretch of Route 66 in the United States it stretches 19 miles uh excuse me 17 miles through the city and here we just know it as Central Avenue and so it's a great way to go shop in Knob Hill and also get a little bit of that Route 66 culture as you're strolling along Central. Right on. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, one thing that I was reading about is there's like a organic farm that has lavender and some really cool essential oils and things like that. Yeah. So another of my favorite places to stay in the city is Los Poblanos Historic Inn and Organic Farm. And the inn has really beautiful and historically significant architecture. Some of the buildings designed on site were designed by John Gomim, who is sort of known as a forefather, a signature architect of Southwestern design. So when you picture an adobe building, he kind of created that look, of course, inspired by the indigenous centuries-old buildings that were always there in our uh, landscape here in New Mexico. But he really took them and sort of adapted them and built many of them in our cities. And it was also a working farm. And so some of the rooms are in historic farm buildings and there's shops and other things in an old restored dairy barn. And they also grow lavender there and distill it into body products that you can enjoy in your room. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. When we got married, there was a lavender farm nearby and we used that to decorate part of our our wedding ceremony. And so whenever I see those type of things, it just brings back awesome memories. For sure. And usually they will have times of the year when they invite people out to come and help them harvest the lavender and bring it all in, which I feel like is just them getting free labor, but it's actually a really (laughs) fun experience. Maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now you mentioned that the Rio Grande comes right through uh, the middle of town. So based on that, I mean, is there like an opportunity for like floating on the river or is it like 
Is it a, a stronger current where maybe it's more rapids? What's that situation? Yeah, so the Rio Grande through Albuquerque is fairly low and slow, so it's very easy to get out on the water even if you're just a beginner. And there are a few local outfitters like Quiet Waters Paddling Adventures and Kayak New Mexico who will lead guided outings on the river as well as just rent equipment. So if you're coming from somewhere and you're an experienced kayaker, stand-up paddleboarder, you can just go to them to rent equipment and then get out on the river on your own. And they can also guide you to, you know, the put-ins and takeouts. And in some cases, we'll arrange to drop you off and pick you up if you need that sort of assistance in your outing adventure. It's always good to you know have that extra helping hand. Now, we only have a couple minutes left. I don't want to miss out on talking about some of the great food that's there. I know you're talking about the different cultures that are there in New Mexico, and I'm sure they just have some amazing food. Yes. So in New Mexico, we really have our own regional cuisine. It's not Mexican food. It's not Tex-Mex. Heaven forbid Mexicans would would shun <laughs> that that term. So it really is our own New Mexican cuisine, and often it has it's very chilly, smothered, or topped, so we grow our own specific varieties of green and red chili here in the state. And then we will make it into sauces and smother it on everything, whether it's burritos and enchiladas or used dice versions on our pizza and in our ice cream and beer and on our green chili cheeseburgers. Yeah, I think my wife, when she tastes all that and sees all that, she's going to want to move there because she puts chili peppers on everything. Oh, and it chili is addictive. They've shown that it has properties that make it addictive. So your wife would not be alone in that. <laughs> nice, nice. Right on. So what are some of your favorites when we come there, whether it's for breakfast, lunch, or, or dinner? So some of the best places to go and sort of experience that New Mexican cuisine are places like Sadie's of New Mexico, Casa Benavides. El Patio, Cochina Azul, and then Mary's and Tito's is sort of an, a small restaurant, but it was actually named a James Beard Award American Classic because of its sort of traditional New Mexican cuisine. And so that's another place to visit. Nice. I mean, it's good to see that, you know, some of these small mom and pop places that I think a lot of people may overlook getting that type of recognition. Yeah, I love the America's Classics award because it allows those mom and pop shops that have been serving for decades and are still family run and operated and make recipes that literally used to be grandma's gives them the recognition that they so often deserve. That's incredible. Well, Ashley, I could sit here and talk all day long about Albuquerque, but now it's time for the final countdown. When people come to visit Albuquerque, where's the one place that you need to go and what should they eat while they're there? So I would point them to Los Poblanos Historic Inn and Organic Farms restaurant, which is called Campo. And its head chef is Jonathan Perneau, who's been nominated for a James Beard Award multiple times. So you'll have a delicious meal. But what they're really exploring there, they're calling Rio Grande cuisine, which is not just our red and green chili, but also the plants and crops that have been harvested in New Mexico for centuries. And so you might have wild spinach or something that you thought was a weed, but is really a traditional New Mexican plant on the menu there. And so you'll get to enjoy farm fresh ingredients grown right there, as well as these ingredients that Chef Pernod is kind of trying to bring back that are more traditional and really indicative of Albuquerque. Yeah, what a wonderful experience. That sounds really cool. You mentioned that you've lived off and on throughout your life there in Albuquerque. You must have some amazing stories. Which one are you most memorable? 
Yeah, so answering this question is so challenging because I am a native Albuquerquean. And so this is kind of like asking, what's your favorite life experience? (laughs) So (laughs) I have to say that my first hot air balloon ride was a truly magical experience. I have to confess, I'm a little bit afraid of heights. And so I was a little bit nervous about that experience. But once you're in the basket, you do feel very secure. And it's such a beautiful experience just to glide over the city and be able to take in the mountains and the river and the whole Rio Grande Valley. You can see for hundreds of miles in any direction. And so it's really just a spectacular experience. So that was one of my favorite memories out of very many. That's really cool. Were you a a child or were you an adult when that happened? I was actually an adult. I was in my 20s when I was able to do that. So, Right on. Yeah, sometimes it takes a little while to, to build up the courage, right? Yeah, or to have the, <laughs> the money to pay for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So speaking of good times, where's the happiest happy hour in Albuquerque? So I would be remiss if I didn't mention our craft beer. So Albuquerque has a really vibrant craft brew scene and New Mexico actually has the 12th most craft breweries per capita in the U.S. So you're just going to be tripping over great craft breweries here. But some of the big name ones are places like Marble Brewery, Tractor, La Cumbre and Bow and Arrow Brewing. So they are all great spots to go and have a cold one and Albuquerque is definitely an IPA city so if you're an IPA drinker you will really enjoy visiting Albuquerque. That's awesome yeah no I I drink IPAs quite often so I'm gonna have to go hit them all up. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza when I visit town? So I had to give two options on this one. So we have a local chain called Dion's which is really a hometown favorite and Anyone who's grown up in Albuquerque just has like a nostalgic connection to Dion's and they serve a solid, just great pepperoni pizza. But if you're also looking for that thin crust brick oven wood fire version, then I would point you to a Moray pizza. Nice. And I think with that, like, don't they have some, I guess, more of a gourmet style, right? Yeah. So the Moray would be like your gourmet version and Dion's would be your like hometown pick up a pizza for a movie night kind of place right on i i can go for both right now (laughs) right depends on what you're up for that day absolutely so obviously you wrote the book on albuquerque lecture two books right and you also are an accomplished writer yourself in the in the realm of, of the travel world what's one of your best travel tips So my best travel tip applies well to Albuquerque as well, because I often hear people that have driven through Albuquerque on their way to somewhere else, whether they're headed up to Santa Fe or Taos, or they're on some cross-country road trip and they're just sort of cruising through town on the highway. And they always say, oh, it didn't look like much from the highway. What city has ever looked great from the highway? So my tip is definitely to get off the main beaten paths and really away from the top tourist attractions and really find perhaps something that you really love. Like if you love the outdoors, then experience the outdoors in that city and don't feel beholden to visit the top destinations. Or if you're really into culture or history or literature or food, then just travel through that lens and don't feel so obligated to visit all the top spots and really pursue what you're passionate about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know in talking to some of my friends, you know, they go visit different cities and they hit all the different top tourist attractions because that's what they're quote unquote supposed to do. But they, they come away unimpressed because that's not what they're into. If they followed your advice, they would probably have a much better time when they visit those cities. 
And maybe, you know, maybe a couple of the top tourist attractions really interest you. And so do those. But I wouldn't feel so beholden to that list. I would really encourage people to explore what they're excited about. Ashley, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing all your tips for Albuquerque and giving us a little sample of what's in the books. Can you tell us a little about who you are, what you do? And if people have questions about your books or about Albuquerque, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Yeah. So if you want to connect on social media about anything Albuquerque, you can head over to ABQ Guide on Instagram or Facebook, which is where I put all of my great Albuquerque content that's inspired by my two books, A Hundred Things to Do in Albuquerque Before You Die and Secret Albuquerque, which is the new book that talks about all the weird, wonderful and obscure things to do in the city. And I have to say that even as a native Albuquerquean, I thoroughly enjoyed researching both of these books because it really helped me to continue to explore my city, my hometown, and to learn more things about it. Because I think, you know, when we do live in our hometowns or somewhere that we've been for a while, we kind of think we know it. And both of these books encouraged me to learn even more and really surprised me as I was researching them. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, you got to love that when you, you're you local and you think you know so much about your city, but then when you kind of scratch beneath the surface, next thing you know, you're you're discovering things that you never knew were there. Yeah. So again, thanks for being on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much for having me. What an awesome conversation with Ashley. You can find all the links we talked about at wetravelthere.com forward slash Albuquerque. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash Acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to the Jersey Shore in New Jersey. We'll speak with my new friend R.C. Staub, the author of 100 Things to Do at the Jersey Shore Before You Die. R.C. and I talk about New Jersey lighthouses, Cape May Victorians, and Atlantic City Casinos. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 